Hi, welcome to Misinformation. A love story. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Ashley. So glad you're here. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. Yes. So um, the original title, proposed title for the podcast was The Radicalization of My Family. Yes. For good reason, because I have a, I don't know, kind of a personal connection to misinformation uh, and conspiracy theories and, and things like that, because over, over, over the course of many years, I found that my family has been radicalized into, they've always been re Republicans, like staunch Republicans, but I feel like they are so far right and for reasons of believing crazy bullshit, stuff that's not even true. Yeah. They they just pop off <laughs> and, and about the worst things and in the worst ways. And so I I love that we settled on misinformation, a love story, uh, because I, I don't want to just talk about my family. Yeah. Uh, I know it's going to come up a lot. I hope that in the course of this podcast, we can talk about how misinformation has affected us both personally with our families. And maybe there are folks out there who are like, yeah, I've had that experience too. And will want to reach out and share their experiences because I do see a lot of people writing articles about the dangers of misinformation, correcting the misinformation out there. But I don't, I have, I've seen some, but I don't see a lot of focus on what it's, how it, how it is actively tearing families apart, destroying relationships that aren't family relationships. Yeah. And it's just messed up. It is. Well, and I, and I can resonate a little bit too, because what's, I think what happened, and you can tell me if this is the case with you, is that, you know, in any situation where you are, uh, you know, close to the change that's happening, you, you often yeah. don't see it because you, uh, it happens gradually over time, Yeah, you know? And so things are happening or things were happening in my family and then there became a moment where, whether it was, you know, my mom or somebody had said something to me that sounded so wild. And I was like, what? And then I looked back and realized, oh, like this has been progressing and I didn't mm -hmm. notice it. You know, we went, we didn't just wake, go to sleep one night and everything was, we were normal Republican family. And then you wake up the next day and it's, you know, Hillary's a lizard person. Right. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. I hate it when that happens. I know. When you, it escalates to lizard people so quickly. <clears throat> you got to be careful. That's how they get you. That is. Very, very swift. But I do think that that's probably, tell me if that's what you're talking about. Like it wasn't, you. then all of a sudden you're like, well, where the fuck did this start? And you have to go back into your history and realize all of the little conversations that you had and, mm -hmm. you know, what was the first thing? So is that kind of like, was that your experience? Yeah, no, I mean, that is exactly my experience. And that was a huge drive for me to be like, what happened here? Because like I said, we I started with the radicalization of my family because there was a very specific outlet and, and site and person that they started consuming content from. And at first, it didn't raise any red flags for me. Like right. it seemed, it didn't seem like anything. Yeah. And then I started, I think maybe about five to six years ago, I went back and realized, oh my God, they're getting information from this source that is not, I mean, it's, it's so much more than it just being 
misinformation or untrue or problematic. It's fundamentally fucked up. Um, yeah. And so as we've been preparing to start all of this, I thought that it would be good to do um, an early episode or if this turns out to be a few parts of episodes to tell you the story of a little site called naturalnews.com. Naturalnews.com. So this is what where everything sort of started for you and your family. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that like this site was solely responsible for taking my family from already pretty conservative people and turning them into even even more than far right, as I will as I will illustrate you to you yeah. in my story later. I can't wait. I, I, I looked at quite a few articles over time. And uh, I found there's this Daily Beast article that was titled, The New InfoWars is a Vitamin Site Predicting the Apocalypse. And I'll have all of the sources that I used for this in the in the show notes so people can go like check them out or whatever. But I like that Daily Beast article because it, it did a good job of, of kind of reducing their story over time to kind of give you an overview of how it started and how it's going kind yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> so I drew from that pretty heavily, but I also drew very heavily from uh, the Internet Archive. I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, so it's like a website that stores all the receipts. So oh. do you remember um, back in the Trump election when it was a big to-do that um, Mike Pence had been a proponent of giving federal funding to conversion therapy? Yeah. Well, I th I'm pretty sure anyway, the Wayback Machine, a.k.a. the Internet Archive, <laughs> is what they used to look at his campaign website and say, no, boo-boo, on this date at this time, it was absolutely there. Yeah. So that's actually a great tool for people who were like, I never said that. Or like, well, it was on your website in yeah. <laughs> we've, 2000. We've got the rece receipts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I didn't know that this existed. I mean, it doesn't shock me, but... Mm -hmm. It does. It does make me think about some of the horrible things I'm sure I've posted in the past. Photos I thought that I was sexy in that I ended up <laughs> deleting later. So today I'm going to tell you the story of of Natural News and how, at least in part, it has contributed to melting my family's brains. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. It was something I actually hadn't heard of until you had brought it up to me, and it's. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I got onto the site and just poked around a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, I am. I feel like I had to like pep talk myself on the way over here to be prepared for, you know, some of the craziness. So, yeah, we're definitely going to need a drink by the end of this because Great. it's 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 a journey that we're about to go on. Love that. That Daily Beast article that I was telling you about called um, Natural News, something to the effect of one of the largest brokers of far right conspiracies on on the Internet. Jesus. Which is funny because it started as like a what I would call like a naturopathic health Eat, yeah. eat your veggies to reduce risk of cancer, like really common sense type of shit. Yeah, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't hear the the name natural news mm -hmm. and necessarily think, oh, this is a far right mm -hmm. sort of platform. I would think it's somewhere where you can learn about probably eating better or to, you know supplements or something. That's initially when you said that, I was like. What an interesting name for yeah, and <laughs> a lie machine, right? No, exactly. <laughs> and in those early days, it did it did start off that way. But if you go to the site today, right now, you would never guess. Even if you spend some time on there, that's that was their original angle. Interesting. So Natural News started. It had been around a few years before this, but they started seriously running articles around 2008. But our story today 
<laughs> really starts in the 90s because the good, old 90s. the good old 90s because you know every shady entity has like a shady person or persons at the helm yes and in this case that's a guy named mike adams is he going to be your villain? He is going to be the villain. Of this episode and probably many. And probably many. Yeah. Mike Adams personally scares the holy shit out of me. Really? Um, he is, he's like on the same playing field as like Alex Jones in a lot of ways. That, like that level. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Infowars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Does he like slap himself in the face and on his little show? Yeah. He, he, he goes on shirtless. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I, I have not consumed more than I have absolutely had to gotcha. of his stuff because totally. it honestly, like, it makes me feel crazy when I start to read his stuff. He, he writes in the style of the way a cult leader speaks in circles and never really about the point, but yep. like, yeah, it's very... And it's probably like, you know, in his tone or, you know, when he's talking, I'm sure writing is is different, but there's something very convincing about what he's saying, but there's also no content in what he's saying. And it just, I'm like very like Jim Jones, I'm sure. And like, what are you talking about? But you know what? You're doing it so good. I'm just going to believe what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Mike Adams, stand up guy, he apparently had a pretty successful email marketing company in the early nineties that did business with big brands, like big clients, like Microsoft and the U.S. Treasury Department. So wow. that was um, seemed, seemed like a pretty legit setup that he had there in the beginning. But it was actually with the help of his email marketing company that he would launch a little website in the late 90s called Y2KNewsWire.com. Okay. And that's already triggering. So, you know, any <laughs> right. kid that was, you know... Around in t- the year 2000, 1999, mm-hmm. you heard about Y2K and it was very scary. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear what this shit's going to be. Yeah. So to, to that point, and not a surprise, the, a lot of the content focused on tragedies that would be brought around by Y2K, stuff like power grid failure or the stock market collapsing and food scarcity Gee. and like just society more or less exploding because the calendars didn't know how to switch to 2000. I mean, and that's, I was going to say for anybody who is not familiar with Y2K, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a funny little thing from the past, but in the moment it was very scary. People were very concerned that computers weren't going to be able to function with the date zero zero, that yeah. there was going to be some sort of trigger to shut all of the computers in the world down. It was going to simultaneously shut all of the computers in the world down and launch all of the nukes. Yes. So everybody time. was buying all the sorts of canned shit and building bunkers. And I remember we were like, should we be buying bottles of water? So mm-hmm. anyways, I don't. if there's anyone out there who didn't survive... <laughs> through Y2K. Let it was know. the biggest fake sort of apocalypse I think we'll probably ever have. Hopefully. Yeah. That was a pretty bad one. It was. People were crazy. As far as I can tell, the Y2K Newswire site was the beginning of Mike Adams's career as what I am calling an apocalypse enthusiast. I love that. He he is that. Um, <laughs> he is very, and you, as I, as I tell you more and more of this story, you will see why that is a thing. Yeah. So I used 
the Wayback Machine Internet Ar- Archive to take a look at Y2K Newswire. Thank God it was picking some stuff up in the late 90s. And so I was able to take a look at a handful of pages on the website as they were in uh, 1998, 99, and early in 2000 after, spoiler alert, Y2K didn't happen. Yeah. Jesus. At least the apocalypse part, like the year 2000 obviously came. Yeah. But we didn't, the computers did. We didn't all die. Say zero, zero, and they were perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I started with taking a look at their about page because that's like, that really sets the tone in a lot of ways. I, I feel think like. so. Yeah. And um, the, <laughs> they at least put, they try, you try to put your best foot forward and you try to like say the best things about yourself on your about me page. Right. Right. One would think. That's where you want like people to understand the essence of what you're doing. Yeah. So that essence, <laughs> at least some notes from the essence there, they claim to be the only news organization on the planet to routinely engage in investigative journalism that covered claims of Y2K compliance. Okay. On the planet. That's their mission statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like pretty <laughs> high up on the page. Wow. They listed Mike Adams' email company as email marketing company as their owner, as the site's owner. And they stated that their position on Y2K is one of skepticism. They So like if government or industry made a statement about like, oh, we made this update and we're Y2K compliant now and the calendar will switch and we won't die. They're like, well, by default, I question that, sir. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was their their basic MO. Wow. Probably my favorite part of the About page, though, is that Adams has been called the most sane Y2K skeptic on the planet. And I have to imagine that they researched that before they came to that conclusion. Yeah, they were like, let's make sure that this is legit, that you actually are the most sane it's do you know that these conspiracy theorists, by the way, would seem so much more legitimate if they didn't speak in such extreme fucking terms, yeah, like totally. the most legitimate or the most sane, the mm-hmm. best at like, no, so, like what are you going to say? I was just going to say that's like Donald Trump's yes. entire like structure of language is like, it's the best in the world. That's his resume. That's it's, literally his resume. I have made the highest numbers in the history of numbers. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I invented. Yeah. I invented the vaccine. I don't know. Like electricity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's unhinged. So you're saying that this so what was it? Why two what was the name of the the website again? Y2K Newswire. Y2K Newswire that their stance always was just to object. Yeah. Uh when when uh, any sort of Y2K compliance. Yeah. Was to just innately say we don't believe you regardless of Yeah. And I mean like I couldn't take a look at all of their content, but what I did see there is it's not like they were like, here's a claim and we're going to unpack this now. Yeah. Kind of like how we'll be doing with some things on the show. It was just like, I am going to rant about oil shortages. But what's hilarious is that was 23 years ago. Yes. And maybe back 23 years ago, if we had publicized that people would have been like shocked that somebody would have just received the evidence they needed and still questioned it. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is that 23 years later, that's kind of why we're here <laughs> is because yeah. people do that now all the time. Nobody gives a shit. Yep. I I don't care about your the truth and I don't care about the facts you're giving me. I care about the soundbite. I care about some other bullshit. So anyways, that's really, that's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. So they started off with a bang then. Oh yeah. I took a look at their homepage after this, which um, at times 
at least at some captures that I found it featured like a countdown clock in the top. To Y2K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, how many days left to Y2K with a message that was, are you ready not? If not, click here. And I was like, I'm so clicking this link right now. Oh my God. And, and then you immediately got a virus on your computer. <laughs> yeah, it has not worked since. Yeah. Um, well, I, I did click on the link and it took me to a page about prepper shit. And for anybody who is not familiar with what a prepper is, it's somebody who is obsessed with what they will call emergency preparedness, which on the logical side, if you live in a place like Florida or Tornado Alley or a place where natural disasters frequently come in and knock out your power and your water supply, yes, it is good to be prepared for emergencies. Totally. However, anybody that I have met personally, and this is just my experience, I'm happy to be proven wrong here. But anybody that I have met, read about, watched a video about who calls themselves a a prepper isn't preparing for a hurricane. They are preparing for like apocalypse. Yeah. Like like straight up the end of the world. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. I've never known Mm -hmm. anybody who is a prepper or, you know, some people who don't know that they're preppers, but you're like, oh shit, this person. Yeah. Yeah. When you have like two whole warehouse uh, shelves full of canned goods and diapers and shit. You're not, you're not expecting a tornado. You're expecting zombies or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the link took you to a prepper site. It was, it was the same site, but it was a page that I said, like my note was like, it was filled with prepper shit. Oh, that's right. And so on a page with prepper shit. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Which more specifically was, they were like, well, here's, here's how we can help you prepare for Y2K. We can help you with information about food preparedness. We can give you advice on financially preparing for Y2K. And they also offered members only content. So, yeah, because like some things are just too spicy for the forward facing. You got to pay for that shit you gotta pay. monthly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they would sell <laughs> these memberships to the site. You could buy like a yearly membership to the site. And with that, you would get like the too spicy for, you know, public eye content. And you would also have the ability to purchase dehydrated foods uh, through the website and wow. also gold coins. Uh, because, you know, you want gold around Stop. when currency isn't a thing. Yeah. I took me a second. I was first off, I was like, oh, like with the chocolate inside. <laughs> like the blooms? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, and then, uh, and then before you said, I'm like, oh, for currency. For currency. Wow. Okay. I mean, it, it, so far this all, I don't know what your problem is, Ashley. This doesn't seem unhinged or illegitimate this seems at all. like a smart thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have the site <laughs> so I can check it out? <laughs> I think it's still alive. I'm so not you, sure. so you can, so you can buy stuff from them. It teaches you essentially how to set up for an emergency. That's yeah. That's okay. yeah. Well, that's basically what it seems like. Very important though. They claim that they don't make any money off of the products that they sell or that they hook people up with. Like they're just out of the goodness of their hearts, out of the you know pull to prepare for Y two K. They just want to be like, hey, are you prepared for Y two K? No. Go check out this dehydrated food company. I'm not going to make any money off of it, but I want you to be ready. But people are paying for it. I mean, there, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely like sounds and smells like bullshit to me. Yeah. You, you can't really prove it either way now, but it, right, it just sounds off, right? No, but nobody gives away no shit for free like that. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Well, I don't, yeah, I definitely don't believe that. So, yeah. I feel like that's, that's a healthy position to take. Yeah. <laughs> 
is what I mean. Anytime that somebody's like, "Do you want the free?" I'm like, "What? Who am I signing up with? Like, what are you? What are you getting me into?" Right. Even at Costco, right. I don't trust your free fucking samples. He's like, excuse me. Yeah, well, yeah. that's also good decision. Yeah. Um, misinformation episode Costco's samples <laughs> <laughs> they will kill you they will no um, let's see here Where we? <laughs> we want to be sponsored by Costco so. yeah, Costco um, you can reach, reach us at we love your samples <laughs> <laughs> I just want a bite of something just add a toothpick anything then <laughs> <laughs> one of those little paper ramekin cups yeah back to Y2K news but, yeah back to Y2K so, yeah, back to Y2K, the most exciting time to live. God. Y2K Newswire did a series of articles, like forward-facing articles, that weren't the members-only content. I took a look at a few of them. There was one that was about preparing for Y2K to potentially cause the collapse of the IRS. Okay. Because that's a thing. Yep. Another on oil production being disrupted by Y2K. But my my personal favorite was a, an article called Hate Speech and Y2K. Oh, man. Yeah. So in this, he he ranted about free speech in the context of it being wrong to criminalize speech. And the only time that hate speech was mentioned was in the article title. So at no point does he like meaningfully address. He just goes off about, well, this is going to result in a world where it'll be illegal to so much as think a thought that is politically incorrect. You'll just get put away. Which is not, yeah, that's jumping to, jumping to conclusions, sir. Yeah, also, how are they monitoring your thoughts? Yeah, well, and I just, I mean, I am so frustrated with anybody who gets really upset mm-hmm. that they can't insult people or offend people anymore. Like that also just is the concept that you have to care about other people and you're mad about that like right i'm already struggling with <laughs> yeah I, we, you, we are not going to get along um right. let alone am i going to believe your shitty little article so yeah anyways yeah so in one part of this article he he says i've seen y2k end of world scenarios predictions of polar shifts nostradamus comets alien attacks solar flares overnight oil shart- shortages and biblical armageddon but none are more scary than criminalizing speech. <laughs> Biblical Armageddon. Yes. For fuck's sake. But I can't use the N-word anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah. Like, I am, again, like, it just, I can't deal with these people. It's so, but it's language like this, and I'm sure that at some point this is coming up, but it's language like this that really riles people up and it does make them scared of what's going to happen if Mm -hmm. my freedom of speech is taken away. Yeah. That's so stupid. What an asshole. Yeah, that was, that was a special one. I have to say like, this is, this is really for me the first time that I had the thought of like, this dude writes like a cult leader talks. Yeah. It's also very radical. Yeah. Not making a point, but being very uh enthusiastic mm-hmm. and theatrical probably in the way that you're talking or writing because you want people to be hooked to your performance and not necessarily to your message. Yeah. No, absolutely. I also don't have like a psychology or, you know, degree or anything like that. I'm not an expert, but I have to believe that's what it is, the charisma that mm-hmm. gets people. It is. You can't be a cult leader and be boring. 
this dude is definitely not boring. Yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah. Actually, I'm the the Y2 hate speech and Y2K article is I'm going to have you read it. Okay. When we take a little break, because I want to melt your brain a little bit. Oh, God. Since mine is like leaking out of my ear after uh, all of the shit I had to read for this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, I'm worried one of us is going to get converted at some point. That's why I won't listen to his podcast. He has a podcast that he puts out like daily. How many followers does he have? I don't know. We have to beat that. When we get to the point where Y2K inevitably does not happen, yeah. the, uh, the site is actually redesigned into a single page. And it's, I don't know, the, the vibe that I got from this page is like the, the final love letter to Y2K and why even though they did, it didn't happen, they were still right, was like the essence Okay. I I pulled out some some bangers from that page to, Please, <laughs> to yeah. share with you. Uh, they they started off by claiming that the government was preparing for the apocalypse, like absolutely, but they were at the same time turning around and telling the American public not to do so. And he was also adamant that the government was prepared to declare martial law. That's always that. That's the biggest. That's always the thing. Yeah, that's the the fear, martial law, and then ask people to like explain what that is, and they'll be like, um. It's bad. That's when liberals run everything, exactly, right? Yeah. They take our guns. Yeah. Yeah. That shit. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, they took time to, um, you know, tout their own reporting on the subject because as we learned on their about page, they were like the only, the only and the news. best on the planet. Yeah. We've been lied to this whole time. I know, right? <laughs> they, uh, they, interesting point, made sure, made sure to reinforce that they never made any money off of the products that they promoted on the site. Right. Which is even more like a, if you have to say that again, I don't believe you. Sure don't. Yep. No. We've, we've covered this too much. Right. Yep. We get it. You're something, something is, is amiss. Very much so. They, uh, they claimed that the FBI had thwarted as many as 20 terrorism plots, specifically bombing incidents, just in time, just in the nick of time. So nobody saw any terrorism on January 1st. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have a comment for that. Yeah. Like they cut the red wire in time or what is like. Yeah. It was just a bunch of like MacGyver, just MacGyvers all over. God damn it. Like fixing things with gum and (laughs) a lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Little matchstick and paperclip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Near the end of the page, they they mentioned that although the Y2K preparedness that they were uh, promoting didn't turn out to be necessary, it was still warranted. Okay. Yeah. What it like. One of my favorite parts of the page was anyone who prepped for Y2K was happy about the outcome, but still kept their supplies, happy to be given a timely reminder about the importance of general emergency preparedness. Through total false information. Like, yeah. I, oh my God, it's, I think that there were, we're trying to find a silver lining here, people, and there just isn't one. You lied to people and yeah. Everyone that went out and spent their money on shit that they actually didn't end up needing. Uh, yeah, I love I love that the position was that everybody was just like, man, I'm just so happy to have a reminder about being a prepper. Yeah. The apocalypse didn't happen today, but it could totes happen tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be like if you got bit on your ankle by a spider and I chopped your leg off and said, well, it was spreading. And then we found out it's not spreading. And I said, well, now you're going to appreciate your other leg, aren't you? Yeah. Aren't you glad I did that? Totally. You're going to appreciate that you have a leg. It's just like the weird sort of um, cop out. No, it, it really is. And we're not going to own that we were wrong and that we're glad we were wrong. We're just going to say, we're glad we said something because if we didn't scare the shit out of you, 
you would never be uh, prepared again for an apocalypse. Yeah. Another fake fucking apocalypse. My my opinion. I'd love to hear it on this on this site is like the energy that this page happened at, had after Y two K of you you know everybody's just happy to have a reminder, happy to have their supplies, and no, we didn't make any money off of this. Is like yeah, you probably made a good amount of money scaring the shit out of people. Yeah, about an apocalypse, and you know did happen yeah and you didn't want to be you know you didn't want to be sued or any of that i well then when you're toting yourself as like the only news source right was there ever any sort of legal repercussion that you saw no i not not that i could see yeah i'm i'm not sure what legal action somebody could take against that because of free speech laws yeah and maybe it could be like a fraud like i was defrauded yeah that's what i'm wondering if there was like a fraud I d- situation i've never seen any anybody take legal action against natural news that's crazy in my in my research which is scary well i mean I, it's also really dumb to like put all of your eggs in one basket so you you put everything into y2k yeah. and then uh it didn't happen like so seemingly you look like, like an ass. Like an ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you can't be trusted. Right. You don't do that. If you're going to tell a lie, tell a lot of different lies about a lot of different things. And then maybe one of them will come true. And it's, you'll have some sort of like, you know, be uh, um, you know, reputable story or something, you know. I feel like you just described the thought process that Mike Adams had after Y2K Newswire and before Natural News. Yeah. But we'll get to more of that Sweet. soon. So are you what you're saying is that I would probably make a really good like cult leader misinformation spreader. I mean, I feel like we could shut this off right now and go become millionaires being right wing grifters if we wanted to. I think so. I actually maybe this podcast should have been just us misinforming everybody. Yeah. <laughs> nonstop and seeing how far we could go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. That's a good episode idea later. That is like it mis- really is. the misinformation the episode. The misinformation. <laughs> yeah. everything, everything is a lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the bottom of the page, uh, at the bottom of this page, they basically said that Y2K Newswire stopped publishing articles on January 10th of uh, 2000. They didn't. That did not take very long no. after Y2K. Did I love it. that they seemed to hold out for a week. Yeah. It, interesting. Yeah. I, I I wanted to tell that portion of I know we just like went on a complete tangent that has nothing to do well it's not it's directly related to natural news it's not it's not natural news but like this is what this dude did in the 90s before he started natural news and I also thought it was like a good baseline for the radicalization of my family because when I think back to Y2K and that time period like my parents didn't give a shit <laughs> like yeah. everybody saw it and they were like, Oh, Y2K, you know, and all that. I think at, at the, at the most, I feel like they were like, let's make sure the cars are filled up with gas in case there's a malfunction at the gas station. Yeah. Which is reasonable. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I had this girl I went to school with, I heard after the fact that her parents were really freaked out and they like drove out to the middle of woods. Really? Yeah. For Y2K <sighs> to like, that's, wait for it wait to wait it out <laughs> like in the woods what a horrible place to just be when the world ends anyway. yeah and then like when do you when do you decide and how do you decide that it's safe to leave the wood the woods if that's your plan right i mean isn't that like sort of the premise of blast from the past with brendan fraser and elisa silverstone is mm-hmm. that like yeah they go underground because they think the world is ending but it wasn't it was just some stupid i can't remember what it was a plane like, crashed in their yeah, front yard that's or that's exactly yeah. it and then they wake up they come up like 20 years later thinking that the world had ended and it didn't yeah um because it was just the 90s it was just, yeah because yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. They were like, it's scary. Yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> what is this music? There's a porn shop. So, I mean, but that's that's crazy driving out in the middle of the woods. We we also didn't our family didn't really, I think, go crazy about Y2K. The world was freaking out. I remember talking to, you know, I think I was 13 maybe when that happened. You were probably in high school. I would Yeah, I was a freshman in high school in ninety nine. I would have been in seventh or eighth grade, probably. Mm-hmm. Because I'm younger than you. I know. You're like two years older than me. Yeah. We're both slowly falling apart and dying. We didn't we didn't freak out at all about it. We I think my mom at like last minute was like, I'm just gonna get some bottled water just in case. Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple like extra, like if there was canned something on sale. I think my mom was very much like, This isn't gonna happen, but in case it does, I don't yeah. wanna be the fool that didn't get stuff. So I think that might have been the only the only bit, but no, we didn't freak out about it. My, I, I felt like my parents, my family was very like even keeled, level headed when it came to stuff like that. Right. Back then. Back then. Yeah. Well, that's why it's important to establish a good baseline of that time. Yeah. Because uh, today that is not the case. No. Well, and it sounds like, uh, it sounds like, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name already. Mike. Adams. Adams. Thank you. It's probably not his real name. I mean, that's like, my name is John Doe. Yeah. My name is John Smith. Like, what a plain name. Mike Adams. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could, it, it could be real, but I don't know. Let's just assume it's not. Okay, cool. Okay. His name is Sylvester. I don't know. That's actually a fun name. I wouldn't Abramowitz. change that. Abramowitz. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like we have to know where he started. Yeah. And you're right. That probably, that failure propelled the chaos that probably came afterwards yeah. with his next project. You know, it's important to know that Beyonce came from Destiny's Child. Yeah, it is. Before she, you know, had her Renaissance album. Oh like that, what a, what a maturity, what a, what an evolution. Yeah. No kidding. You know, that and it was really good. The Renaissance. Yeah. It's, we don't like this can stay or not. It's amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, I, this is the part where we plug Beyonce's album, Renaissance. Yeah. I'm it's not amazing. going to the. It's concert. for it's for the queers issue. It, it is. As she pointed out. Yes, it's for her um her uncle Johnny who was I a love it gay man, and mm. he passed away. And she wrote this album for for us. Thanks, Beyonce. Thank you. Um, not comparing you to Mike Adams in any way. No, but, uh, we're taking a we're taking a moment to appreciate positive things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> while we talk about crazy, scary bullshit. I mean, I did say that we had to know her Destiny's Child before we knew. Yeah, her. exactly. It all ties in. But you went on a different path, Beyonce. I'm saying it because she's listening. Yes, she's definitely going to listen to this. (laughs) I think we're safe. Yeah, I think we're we're perfectly fine. Um, We could name it Beyonce, the Beyonce podcast, and she probably still wouldn't listen. No, probably not, but that's okay. She she does. That's Mm. legit. That is uh, that is the conclusion of of part one of the radicalization (sighs) of my family. I think we're going to take a quick break. I am going to set you up with the... um, what was the article title? Why to uh, Why two K and hate speech article? Okay, uh, because I'd like to see. I mean, I didn't have Jack really look at any of this stuff while I was while I was uh, putting it together, like the stuff that I was reading. Yeah, but I, I all along, I'm like, I need somebody else to read some of this stuff so I can. I feel crazy reading it. I just want to see if like that's your reaction. Yeah, to totally. It. No, I love it. So. And I love that. So we so we've got a nice little setup. We've been introduced to the the villain the of villain. the story, yes, Mike Adams, mm-hmm. and uh, his and- project before he created what it sounds like is to be the uh, you know the catalyst that radicalized your family. 
Yes, indeed. I can't wait. All right. Well, we're going to take a break and then we will be back shortly with part two. Listen, if you've got a funny or scary Y2K story um, or if your family was like crazy about it, I, we want to know. So please send us an email. Send it to us at misinfolovestory at gmail.com. Yeah. We want to get a collection of crazy stories so we can feature them in a future episode. Yes, but make it true because we don't spread misinformation here. It is. Yeah. We'll know if you're lying. We will. Maybe. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to stalk your ass on Facebook. Yep. We're going to do some digging. <laughs> no, we're not. We, don't we, we won't. We won't. But still email us. Misinformational Love Story is hosted by Jeremiah Parker and Ashley Fournier. The show is produced by Lou Jay's Productions, LLC. Our cover art illustration is by Matt Parker at Pop Kill Art. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on Misinformation, a Love Story are host opinions and feature quotes from other media sources. The content in this podcast should not be taken as undisputable facts. 